Hello, and welcome back to the More Than Creative podcast with your host, Dakota Hersey, and co-host, Weston Hersey. Hello. (laughs) So today, we are going to jump right in um, with the topic that we've been, I'm going to be honest, it's been kind of hard to think about what the topic should be because I have some weeks where I feel like creativity is flowing out of me and there's all of these different things that I want to talk about, and then I have other weeks where... I am just in grind mode and we're just doing the work that we've been talking about. So as I was trying to think about what I wanted us to talk about on the podcast, I was actually on a run last week and my runs have kind of turned into this place as like my meditation opportunity and my chance to kind of just like let my mind wander and I'm quite literally doing nothing else but you know, for an hour or so, just it's meditating. Yeah, one foot in front of the other. So I find that as I like, I let my mind wander. That it typically wanders to some type of like content creation or whatever. So while I was running and trying to think, like, okay, great universe, <laughs> bestow upon me what I should be talking about on my podcast this week. A woman actually passed me. She like blasted past me, pushing a stroller, which I was like okay damn (laughs) like but the back of her shirt said intention drives behavior and I was like "Ooh, that's actually what a good phrase and so I was sitting there thinking about it and I was like okay there's got to be something in that that was a divine sign for sure and so it made me think about just recently Weston and I went to Charleston to photograph a wedding and we were standing in line for Callie's Hot Little Biscuit, which is like a local biscuit shop that started out of Charleston. And now they have a bunch of franchises and she's like expanded her business to also include products and things like that. So really cool story. And as we're standing in line, I was looking at all of the marketing materials because we probably stood in line for what, like 30 minutes? Uh, 30 minutes. No, I would say maybe like 10 okay 12 it was hot in there so i was and there were a lot of people (laughs) anyways it was like a very popular place so we're standing in line waiting to order and she has all of the marketing materials around and i love to see like real life marketing and business strategies in the wild and so one of the cards that they had or the signs that they had hanging was their you know the cali's recipe which is basically like the cute way of saying their core values. And it had something to do with like teamwork and listening. And there was one other one, but she had, it was had their core values listed. It was three and I can't remember it. Yeah. But I'll probably post them on my Instagram because I haven't yet. But anyways, I was like, that is so cool. Okay. This is like a really good example of a company having their core values it doesn't have didn't have anything to do with the products it had everything to do with their culture and how they approach things with each other i thought that it was like a really cool thing for them to have it hanging up while we were waiting in line because if there was any frustration bubbling up from the fact that you were like having to wait for it it also just like reinforced this idea that this is like not a cold corporate company it's like Mm -hmm. family and it there's people behind it and you know just relax you're gonna get your biscuits it's gonna be fine it's gonna be worth the wait yes it was worth the wait it was so good 
So anyway, so we obviously took a picture of it. I was like, this is super cool. And then later I was thinking about it because I think that the conversation around core values, whether that's in your business or even just like in your personal life, because I've talked a little bit about how a lot of the stuff kind of bleeds over. If you have a if you have a personally driven, personality driven business and you pour a lot of yourself into your own brand, you're going to have to also do some inner work to understand what your own core values are. And I think that they're incredibly important, but I do think that there is a little bit of a disconnect between okay, I know I need to have this thing. I need to map these out. It's a good conversation to dig into, but then what do I do with them? And then when you're sitting there wondering what to do with them, it was like, wait, was this even important for me to try to figure out in the first place? Like, would my time have been better spent writing an email template or posting a video or, you know, doing something else that feels more, I don't know, like instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah, It's very core values are very abstract. Right. And it's a, they're, they're a big concept. Mm -hmm. So tying it back around when this woman runs past me with her shirt that says intention drives behavior. I was like, you know what? That is it. Because as I was sitting here doubting, like I, I preach the concept of understanding what your core values are, but then, and I do think that you can incorporate them into your messaging. And that takes a lot of practice to figure out exactly like what story you're trying to tell and how to incorporate it into your messaging in a way that feels natural and so like Callie's little hot biscuit like they were a good example too because they didn't have a sign that said these are our core values it was like this is our recipe you know mm-hmm. like it was cute they had yeah. they had put some creativity to it and did it in a way that it made sense while you were standing in line to yeah. read it it was like integrated into their whole business strategy right their right strategy and the experience of like the actual customer experience yeah so but I was like that's exactly why you need it. So if you're sitting here thinking like, I've kind of worked on my core values and then I got bored or I got distracted by something that felt more important or, um, because we all know that the day-to-day stuff comes up and it's, it's just really hard to like do any type of planning or like big picture thinking because there's always going to be something that is, feels like a higher priority or is like a smaller task that you can just get done. So, but and if intention drives behavior, that's where the core values and like fully understanding what your vision is before you start making moves. That's where it's going to change everything about the way that you do business from the stuff that you want to post about to also like the actual direction that your business is going to take. And so I think that it's just kind of an interesting concept and conversation around the fact that like, when should you start developing what your core values are? Because I think in the beginning of a business, it can be really difficult to nail them down. And it can also feel again, like not as important. It's like starting a business. I need a website. I need to start an Instagram. How am I going to, I need to get content. I need to like, what's my backend processes and all of these things. Um, but I am a huge like proponent of vision and making sure that you're really understanding exactly what your vision is and understanding your core values is like the first step, one of the first steps in doing that. Cause it's, it's your why it's like exactly 
Understanding, what, yeah, understanding why you want to do it, what you want to do with it, how you feel about it. Right. And what you're going to hold the most important and the highest priority as you continue making decisions going forward, whether you are just starting or you're like a big enough company that you are now in a position where you're like selling your company to somebody else. And you've got this brand that was built on, uh, we're seeing that a lot lately, like in the big in the big world where it's like, we've got this brand that's built on specific core values and then they sell to somebody else who then either has to try to maintain those core values or they just do away with them, do away with them. And then, and then, I mean, they run the risk of like that business purchase, not being a good purchase because people are going to fall off if they start to realize that like, Oh, this is no longer the same thing. Right. You're a corporate sellout. (laughs) And I'm out. I'm done. The things that I loved about this no longer exist. Right. Right. I don't like identify with it anymore. So, but I also know, again, like a lot of the people that will probably be listening to this are in the first few years of their business, if not in the very beginning stages of not even really having one. And so I would definitely challenge you guys to take the time to set aside to figure them out so that that way if we're thinking about like driving your behavior i know in the beginning of starting businesses it's really it's understandable that you're going to try a lot of different things and so the beautiful thing about core values and the and when we have this conversation it's me pushing people to really think about them not in terms of what you're doing or how you're doing it but more like the why and like the how you want to approach it more from like a feelings perspective Mm -hmm. or like this is how I want people to feel as a result of this company being involved in their lives or this product being involved in their lives. And then the like super specifics of that can always, that can change, but the core values really should stick with you regardless of where you're going to go. And then when you think about that, like determining your direction and your decisions and your goal making, that's where like the process is to always start with the core values first so that that way when you sit down and you think, okay, what am I going to do this quarter? You have something that is like, okay, so I know that like experience is really big yeah, for me. You or you can cross-examine them with your core values right make sure everything's in alignment right right because i think i run into a lot of people that are trying to start businesses or they're trying to figure out their content we've run into it a few times with the like copywriting for the websites which thankfully both julia and kelsey are very they've worked really hard on this part of their business and so they really really have a good understanding of what is going to drive them and the directions and the decisions that they're going to make. And I love the way that it comes out because it's like micro decisions are affected by the way that it is. So like, for example, Julia is she, her client experience is the most important thing to her, like her relationships with her, the people that she works with, she wants them to feel like they are, unique and like have an individual relationship with her and so that was one of the things on the website that we she didn't want to use any words about like favorites like 
you know, we can do features, but we're not going to do like blog favorites. Mm -hmm. And there was like a conversation about the testimonials and what images need to be paired with what testimonials. And it's like, well, to her, it's really important to make sure that the people that are going to provide a testimonial also have their image on the website where that's not always the case. Like sometimes design will trump client experience, but for her, that's part of her client experience is like, I want people to come to the website and the, and the people that are my advocates, past clients and things like that, that they're going to feel special and feel like they helped me and had a part of it. Yeah. And then also for new people, they like, she wants the example of how she interacts with her past clients to show off like the welcoming and comforting relationship that she's trying to foster with new people. So, Kind of giving another example, because we all know that I just love examples. And I think that that's like the show don't tell. That's right. That's right. So we've kind of talked about this concept and then now thinking about how I'm putting this into practice. So one of the things with more than creative, and I'm sure I have an example of how I'm doing this in photography too. So I can talk a little bit about that. But one of the things that when I was building more than creative and I am still currently figuring out exactly what it's going to be but everything that I'm doing is being driven by these core concepts and so if you listen to one of the earlier episodes I think it was maybe episode one or two I talk about the I talk about core values and just like this concept and what I am looking for in creating more than creative and the place that like what my vision for it is. And so we're in a space right now, just to recap, we're in a space right now where a lot of the creative industry is moving towards like a strategy of passive income, which I think is great. And I think that ultimately it does make the most sense because it's like, why not create some like one really awesome thing that then you can sell to multiple people and you're not getting into the business of selling your time. And so, and if you are a creative person, then it's like, you don't necessarily have to create a product, but you can create like, like something that's just repeatable or yeah, downloadable or that, so you can just be like, right without to having to get wholesale. Yes. Yeah. Without having to get into like a manufacturing standpoint, it's been, yeah. it's like easier now than ever. But so when I've told people before that like, okay, I really want to help people with their websites. I want to help people with their messaging. They always go to this, like, how do you productize this thing and like package it in a way where it's not customizable or it's not like really individualized, I guess. And I know ultimately that that is not the business that I want to go into because one of the core values or core concepts that More Than Creative was built off of is like individuality within a brand and recognizing how important that actually is to me. And I think through this process, it's been fun because I've had an idea of like, okay, these are some core components that I like live my life by or like how I believe what I believe about business and so it's been interesting to see like which ones are becoming more important than others and so that it's like kind of narrowing down because I don't think that I have my core values like fleshed out so much to the point where it's like 
these are the three and I could spit them out at you. But I have an idea of like, this is my running list. And as the business is starting to like evolve itself, there's certain things where I'm like, okay, actually, yes, the individuality and a personalization of these brands is like the thing that I care the most about and also is like direct competition with the idea of selling a template. And I think that templates are great. I think everybody like can benefit from templates. I think that there's a stage in business for them. But the place that I want to come in is to when you've exhausted the templates and you don't really know where to turn and you haven't had somebody that's able to help you bounce ideas off of and you want something that feels really custom. And so obviously that is like a completely different business strategy because you can either go build something that is repeatable and productized and then you can sell you can price it for cheaper and sell a lot more or you can go more of the route of like custom in some industries it would be described as like luxury and it's going to be more hands-on a little bit more expensive but way more in depth Mm -hmm. and so the people that i am looking to work with are going to be the people that recognize how important it is to have things that are specific to them. And that doesn't mean that every single thing in their business needs to be custom. Like I, I love an email template. Like, and if somebody else is going to write the same thing for me that I'm going to send, like there's no point in trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. But I do think that you do get to a certain point in business where when you do really understand what your core values are, that like, again, the bringing it back to the intention that, the int- if you're really, really clear on your attention, you're going to be really clear on what behaviors and what moves you're going to make and how you're going to turn it into something that reflects those things. So for me, with More Than Creative, trying to decide what I'm doing, the personality component of it is huge. And so that's what's making a decision on, okay, I know one day I'm going to have one, I want to have some type of like resource shop because I do think that there are some things where it's like, accessibility is also really important to me. So I don't want to be this thing that's like so expensive because I do believe that a lot of the stuff that we're doing, people who are just getting started need access to it. Mm. But I also don't, you know, like I believe in the expertise that I provide. So that doesn't, just because I want people to have access to it doesn't necessarily mean that like I need to suffer at the hands of, you know, making no money just so that that way I can help other people. You know, there's always the balance of like profit and like living your own life and doing the work that you deserve. And then also making sure that you're providing a really good experience. that's like worth the value that you are charging. And so, yeah, so I've been kind of, I have a bunch of ideas and things mapped out on products and things that I can use, but I think ultimately there some of them have been have been like X'd off of the planning sheet or the option sheet because of the fact that I'm like, no, I, I don't like just because I could make money off of this doesn't mean like I don't think I could get really behind it and be, and be able to tell people with a clear conscience and like full stand behind that that is the decision that they need to make in their business. Yeah, yeah, it's a should or shouldn't right. question, not a if you can or can't. Right. And I think that that's where the core values like and understanding what direction you want to take really comes into play because as a business owner you're, or as a person in general, you're going to be presented with so many different options of things that like 
you could do it all. I could be a family photographer. It would be really easy because a lot of people come to Wilmington during the summer to get their family photos done. I could very easily make it set up to where I shoot weddings and then I follow along my couple's journeys into like parenthood and beyond. I could do, I could keep doing a spokesmodel program. Like, mm -hmm. but all of those things ultimately, like when I've made decisions and it feels like, okay, you know, from the outside perspective, I've, I've gotten feedback before where people are like, it just, it like feels like you're always like making decisions that make sense. And I think that that ultimately comes from the fact that I'm making decisions that feel good for me. And they're all, they're all checked by like, is this actually what I care about? Is this actually what I want to do? Am I going to be able to serve people in the best way possible if I say yes to this? Or am I just saying yes to this because there's dollar signs? on the end of it. And I don't think like if you're a person who service or experience is like a part of your core values, I think that you would literally be doing people a disservice by saying yes to something that doesn't match up with what you want to do. Mm. You mentioned your like running list of core values, like where did, and you have like a running list and you're narrowing it down. Where did the, where did the big list come from? How did you put your values on there? So it came from, actually, you'll be proud of this. It came from a free write session. Hey. So my friend, um, who is also kind of like a business mentor to me, I, um, I told the story on the episode a little bit, but I called her because I was in a panic of like, I don't know how to package any of my stuff. Like, I don't oh, know yes. what to do. Which is funny because it's very reminiscent of the questions that I get from business owners when they call me and they're just like, I don't, can you look at my pricing? Like, I don't know if my pricing makes sense. And I'm mm. like, that's like question number eight, because I really need to understand, like in order to understand your pricing, we also need to understand like, how are you packaging it? Are you having one collection that you have stuff that you add on? Are you doing three? What do you care about? Like, what do you want them to have? You know, all of these different things kind of come before the way that you package all of your stuff. And so she, being just incredibly smart, was like, I want you, before you start anything, you just need to do like a full brain dump of everything that you know to be true about marketing. And so I took it one step further and I wrote down all of the stuff that I know to be true. And then I wrote down all of the stuff that's like, more than creative believes. Mm. And so I wrote like what I call it's it's in my Google Drive is like the manifesto. So it's just a free write of all of the things that I believe and that I want anybody that works for more than creative to believe and anything that business owners that these are the type of people that I want to attract that they all can agree with these things in order to work with me because all of the strategy is going to be based off of this. And then, um, yeah, I just wrote free session or free write, like not trying to format it in any way. Um, some of it was bullet points. Some of it was like full sentences. And then I was able to, from that exercise was able to step back and look at it and say, okay, like, so interesting because, you know, I played with the idea of VIP days and I was doing a lot of research into different, the way that people structure their businesses, especially since I come from the world of photography where we have a lot of 
people that have come before us that have kind of... There's a bit of a template. Yeah, there is. It's a template. And so, again, super helpful because at the time, most people who are becoming photographers are learning the skill set of photography. So there's no point in trying to learn the skill set of business at the same time. Like, it's like hone your craft and then hone your business savvy and, Mm. like, structure. So... I have my craft, my, the marketing craft is crafted, but the business structure is, there's not a template and I've done it before, but every agency has a problem with it. It's kind of like, it's kind of similar to like, what, like political ideology where it's just kind of like, there's all these people that come out and they're like, this is the way that a business should run. Mm -hmm. And then when you get in there, you're like, actually there's a lot, like, it needs to be like a hodgepodge of different things where yeah. like you need to be able to pull from like, this makes sense here. This makes sense here. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So when I was thinking through all of the um, different ways that I wanted to structure it, there were a lot of ways that people had set up their businesses where I was like, wow, yeah, that sounds really nice. Like a VIP day sounds great. Having a product shop sounds super cool doing like super custom long-term coaching clients like love that but as I as I looked at this manifesto I was able to start to see some of the pieces come together and the things where I was like you know what this doesn't really fit in with the way that I want to approach business or the way that I want to approach these things Um, and so that was super helpful Mm. do you feel like having core values gives you more confidence in your decisions like if you didn't have core values versus if you did Mm. versus having them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think because I think that it's interesting when I have worked with people before and we're starting to get into like the minutiae the nitty-gritty of well how do I want to have this structured and pricing is a really good is a really good example of like when that stuff kind of comes into play because it's like a, you can follow what other people are doing and you can live in the confidence of, well, this is the way that everybody does it. And for a little bit of time and for some people that might be enough for you to just get on the phone with somebody or post it on your website and just be like, yep, like, this costs this much because go and look everywhere else. That's like, this is just the way a house is built. This is just the way that we, you know, design this thing. Mm-hmm. But for me, and what I've seen with a lot of people is that like, yeah, the confidence factor, there's a breakdown when people start to ask questions about, well, can I substitute this for this? Or you said that this is complimentary, but like, I don't really need that. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, let's use photographers as an example. Like it's kind of a customary thing now to include an engagement session in your package, in your packaging. And you do it, you know, people say do it complimentary because then it feels like they're like getting something for free and, you know, and then they can't ask to take it off. But there will be somebody one day that's going to say, we already got our photos done. Like we're not that interested in it. Can we just take the engagement session off? Or can I trade it out with something else? And you can't fumble on that question because you you really need to understand why you included that in your collection in the first place. And if you don't 
care about it. And it was just something that was just like, you know, whatever, then you could, you could easily just be like, yeah, okay, I'll take $400 off. And then like, I don't know, but I, I guess that's where it's like, I just. That's okay with you. Yeah. It's basically like trying to figure out what you're okay with because you can't be thinking it out the first time someone asks you, asks you it. Yeah. And I think that there's certain situations where negotiating with people makes sense. But I do think that if you are in a position where you added something, you're selling something because you truly know that that is the, that is going to enhance their experience or that it's a part of what you need, then you need to understand where it comes from and why you put it in there. So like I, it doesn't necessarily relate back to like a specific core value. You know, if you have like your, cause you're only really supposed to have like, I think it's like three to seven core values. But I do still think that ultimately those things, if you break them down, like the different parts of them, it can influence beyond just, you know, just the high level version of it. But for me, like I include an engagement session. I don't let people switch it out for other things. And then I explain on my call why they're important to me and why it's important to the experience and why they should see the value in it. And the reason that I include it as complimentary, quote unquote, is because of the fact of like, this is why, because it's so important to me that I don't want you to pay for it because of X, Y, and Z of how Mm -hmm. it's going to affect your experience. And honestly, like the confidence in being able to explain that to people, I don't have people ask me to take it out of my packages anymore. Mm -hmm. And so similar with more than creative, I think I'm going to run into the stage where people don't really understand the purpose of a wireframe within copywriting, especially Mm -hmm. because again, copywriters don't wireframe. They just do it in a Google doc and then you hand it to the designer. And that is the way that that's the way that it's structured. And so if I had looked at other copywriters, which I did because I think that like there's market research. And so you should understand and get inspiration from the way that other people are doing things and trying to understand so that that way, again, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Goldilocks and the three bears. Like you got to climb, you got to eat all the different bowls of porridge so that that way, um, to figure out which one's just right. 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 And so if I was just following like, well, if I, we want to help people with their websites, the way to help people with their websites is to be a copywriter and we sell it like this and this is how we do it. Um, I don't think that I would have confidence in, I know I wouldn't have confidence because I know that that's not the way that I want it to be done. And, I believe so strongly in the wireframe. And if you're just as like a side note, a wireframe is basically like a blueprint of a website. So you can see the spacing of the words that we write. So it's like you can figure out if you need a sentence or just like a three word phrase. And it kind of helps you visualize where the words would go and how they would pair with images without worrying about all the other like design elements. Right, right. And without having, it like keeps you from overwriting. Yes. Because you know exactly what space you need to fill. Right. So, and I believe that it helps the designers because it kind of gives, it just gives context to everybody. It gives context to the people who have no idea what's going on because they don't know how to build a website and it can help the client like visualize, okay, I can kind of see how this is coming together instead of just reading their website like a research paper. And trying to picture it in their head. Right. Yeah. And then for the designer who does know what's going on, they're like, okay, I can kind of understand like what 
the purpose or like the direction that she was trying to take this. And then they're welcome to make whatever changes that they want to make from the design element because it's like ultimately the the core reason and, and the core like strategy is still holding true. Mm-hmm. It's just got different paint colors, which is totally fine with me. So, but yeah, the wireframe is something where it's like, again, I think that that is a necessary component of the process of creating a custom template because I also could be a copywriter that somebody says like, this is the template that I bought. Can you help me fill in all of the words? And I think that that would be a really easy project to say yes to. Okay. You've got this template. You're going to DIY. We're going to come in. We're going to help you. But I know ultimately that I won't take on a project like that because it goes against what, I believe and what more mm-hmm. than creative is going to believe in the sense of like, there's a time and a place for templates and we're I custom. Yeah. And we're custom. And I believe in like really, really specific messaging. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So I think that a lot of the confidence comes from there. And so I think like if you're, if you're in a position right now where you're not feeling confident about what you're doing, like whether that is you are, trying to find someone to like bring on to help you with your team or, and it just like, doesn't feel like you can quite build the right group of people or you can't like find the right person or you don't know even what to look for, but you know that you want to add a person on having core values is going to give you a lot of confidence and making sure that you're like, it's also your messaging for building a team where it's like, if you want to work with me, you need to believe and agree with X, Y, and Z. This is what we do. If you believe in those things, then come aboard and we'll see if it's a good fit. Or if you're saying like, I'm trying to package my stuff and I'm just not feeling super confident in my pricing and the way that I have all of my stuff presented to people. It's like, okay, you need to go through and look at what you are selling and how you have packaged it and making sure that that also aligns with the core value and understanding of what type of experience you want to give people. And I think that like as a practical, you know, to just like bring it down to a realistic example, for me, I, through my photography journey, learned how important it was to me that people enjoy their photos And of course, like, that's like, you know, the number one thing that all photographers preach. It's like timeless photos that you're going to cherish forever. But you can't truly, if that's really what you believe, you cannot cherish it forever if it lives in an online gallery link. You could, Mm. but who's going online every day or like on their anniversary? Like, that's not romantic. And just scrolling through a wall of photos. Yeah. Like, that's not timeless. That's not, cherishing something is like, when you have one version of it and you're like able to hold it in your hands and you're able to like share it with people and it becomes like a special event for you to admire it. And so one of the things that is a core value of mine is like being able to revisit memories and share them with people in a really tangible way. And a lot of that comes from like most corporate core values it comes from some like experience in your life where you've decided that it's really important our mom scrapbooks and they are quite literally the most important thing in our lives yeah. <laughs> like Weston and I have said like 
We will not fight over anything if something happens to our parents, uh, but the scrapbooks will likely be some point of contention <laughs> yeah. where they're going to live. Um, we'll be going through the pages. I'm in this one yes. 84 times. Right. You're only in this one. You're like, 2001's really important to me because yeah. that's my birth year. I would yeah. be like, yeah, but look at all these awkward photos of me. Like, <laughs> I, need, I need to show them to my kids. But yeah, so our mom was like a creative memories mom. So she did the, the true scrapbook where it's like, labored blood sweat and tear over these books with hand like her handwritings and all of them and they're all printed photos and there's only one copy of them so we've had an understanding since we were very young that if something the house was on fire the only thing that we are worried about is grabbing the animals and the scrapbooks and like when a hurricane comes through when the hurricane came we <laughs> packed up the scrapbooks and that was it it was like <laughs> All right. We don't need any underwear to yeah. brushes. We just need the yeah. scrapbooks. So anyway, so that's really important to me that people have that experience. I've also recognized that it's very difficult for people to do that for themselves. I am really hoping that another wave of like creative memories comes around because the only reason that our mom was like so focused on doing that is because it was like, frankly, it was just trendy. And, and they made like a weekend of it. Yeah, it was like like, a social thing. They would go to a hotel and they would have, like, they would book a room and then they would set up, like, a bunch of tables and then they would just sit around and, like, relive the year. Yeah, which is... As they put it into a book. It honestly sounds amazing. I know, like... Yeah, it was a bunch of moms. Just... A bunch of moms showing off their families. I love it. I love it. Making (laughs) heirlooms. And being creative. Yeah. They're, like, crafting. Anyways, so... So I made the decision that I wanted to deliver all of the digitals with the print rights to clients because it's important for me to that they have access to be able to enjoy their photos that way. My hope was that people would take their photos and create their own albums and be able to decide like, because honestly, if it were me, I would probably make almost like a magazine thick book of like, I want every single one of these photos in a book so that that way I can see all of the different things. Um, But what I found is that people just didn't do it. It was too overwhelming. It was like, they didn't have the time. It was, I don't know, just not something that was like, it wasn't a priority. Yeah. In life. I think that, I think that it's something that though, that like, you, it's one of those things that you just don't know how important it is until... You have it. Yeah, and you're flipping through it yourself. So I decided that I was going to introduce albums to my service offerings. And so when I first did it, I was kind of dipping my toes. So I just had it as like a separate add-on. Um, it wasn't included in anything. You could just add on the album. And I would say maybe like one or two people added it on. And they were people that were already... They would have, they were, they just knew, like they saw the value in it with me, without me even having to say anything. Then I moved to a model where I had two collections. One of them was without the album and then one of them was with the album. So it was no longer an add-on. It was something that like you looked at it and you picked like collection one or two. And I had a few more people go with the album, but not much more because obviously at that point in time, I feel like people were just like comparing dollar signs and there's nothing wrong with that because there's a budget for everybody but they just didn't totally understand the value that the album brought into play 
until, you know, it's three years after their wedding and they're emailing me because they can't find their link in their email or like their computer crashed and they need it resent to them and they don't because they don't have their photos. Mm. And so I made the decision with my accountant and we were a little, she was a little hesitant about it. I was hesitant about it because I was like, I don't know if this is, this was like a really big price jump when I added them in. But I just said, you know what? I am going to stand by the fact that I believe that the albums are incredibly important. I think that they are worth the value that I'm selling them for, for the amount of work that I'm putting into them and how high quality the actual book is. And I went with like one of the top album companies so that that way it's guaranteed to last. And I just said, I'm putting it in all of that collections and congratulations, you now get an album. Like you don't have a choice. It's coming to you regardless. And it's interesting because when I did that, I said, okay, if this is something that I'm going to like have this confidence in and I'm going to like really stand by the thing that I say that I believe in, I also need to make sure that my messaging and my marketing matches that. And I need to make sure that I'm like telling the story and communicating that. Because I think the other thing is, is like, you can believe all of this stuff, but, and you can be making decisions that reflect those core values. But you also need to talk about it because I think yeah. when you talk about it, that's where it builds the connection and it gives the context of like, isn't this so cool? They're using this because of X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. because they're, you know, because I've seen where people like have gotten frustrated at certain companies recently for like the way that they're doing their packaging. And they're just like, I don't understand why they're doing their packaging. And then there's like a note that says, we're doing this packaging because of, our economic or um, environmental impact Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like oh okay there's a method to the madness right right i think oh (laughs) i was thinking about mom the other day was like frustrated with these like packing peanuts like she was like i don't understand why like these packing peanuts are so annoying to put in the trash like and you know we're all used to amazon with their overuse of plastic and doing the you know like the blow up plastic instead packets And so she was like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, mom, I think it might've been like Lush. Like she had gotten some stuff from Lush. And I was like, mom, you just have to dump them in the sink and and then they dissolve. It's all biodegradable. And she's like, what? So we put it in the sink and I was like, it doesn't have to be like, but I wouldn't have known that unless it was something that they had started to like push out. Yeah. Put this in your sink. Right. Not necessarily even as like a, come buy from me because we're using environmentally friendly packaging. You know, it's like, it's just like, hey, this is something that we care about. Intention drives behavior because we care about it. This is the decision that we made. This is what we're going to be using. And by the way, this is how you can benefit from it too. It's going to make you feel good because it makes us feel good. And like, Mm -hmm. and now it's one of those things that like, we're in the, we're just in the age of like, people want to know that they're putting their money towards other businesses that feel yeah people are trying to be environmentally conscious right socially conscious yeah it's like they want to work with people that believe what they believe yeah and so i think that it's like you can do it in a non-salesy way where it's just like hey i just wanted you to know like this is something that's important to me so that that way they're at least making the connection between all of your things that you are being really in, like all the decisions that you are being really intentional about well it's just like it makes me, that makes me reminiscent of like, you know, 
I'm in the art crowd. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch of art friends. So it's like... <laughs> he rolls his eyes. <laughs> uh, whenever... So we have a lot of recommendations. I mean, if you're like, yo, I need something to watch or I need something to uh, interact with or consume, a plethora of uh-huh. recommendations will be thrown at you. But everyone's really good with telling you why mm. they're telling you about it. And that's like... That opens me to a lot of things that I don't think that I would have appreciated without someone appreciating it first. Mm. Like someone that I care about appreciating it and being like, I love this thing because it like makes me feel this way. And like, they know all the lore. Uh-huh. Like I watched this, there's this movie that's free on YouTube and it's called Sleepaway Camp. Mm-hmm. And it's like, May it might be from the eighties, but it's like one of those like it's such a bad movie, but it's so bad that it's good. Uh-huh. And it was from the eighties. I'm pretty sure it was from the eighties, or at least was trying to be. It's basically like a Friday the Thirteenth ripoff. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's like got a lot of charm. And Lucas, my friend Lucas, he was like, like he just loves this movie. He's like, oh, I love Sleepaway Camp. Like I have it on DVD, even though it's free on YouTube. <laughs> And he like he would just talk about it, and then one night we were all together, and, and we decided to watch it. And like I watched it, and I was like, "That's like really, really good." And then I was like, "He he like started to down talk it when when we were actually about to watch it, like uh-huh, we were like trying got, to like, put it on." And he was like, "I mean, it's not, it's not like that good. It's not like the." And I was like, "Yeah, you stand by your opinion. Right. You don't backpedal." And he was like, "But man, I mean, I like I don't know." And I was like, "Nope." Not taking it. Uh-huh. You said it's really good, and if it's not, then I'm judging you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but it was really good, and then, like, I, like, kind of sat there, and I was... It's one of those movies that you just, like, have to think about, because there's, like, a huge reel, and you're like, oh. Uh-huh. So we're sitting there, and I was like, that's pretty good. And then he was like, all right. So, and then, like, was going through the movie, because he knew all the lore uh-huh. and, like, all the, like, symbolism and stuff, and I was like what yeah what and then we just kept talking about it and then yeah i watched it again by myself the next day Uh because it's just like his love for it made me open myself up to love it right and then like he had already been like look at all these things i learned from how i love it Uh and then i was like oh my god it's just making it even better right right Um, so now i always think i think about all the things that he shared with me when i experienced it on my own so it's like he's like passed it along to me. Right. And I think I do that for other people too. Where yeah. it's like I really like this thing and it's like people who just listen to you talk about the things that you love are very special. Right. So I think you if you have an audience that cares about the things that you care about, you should take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it, it doesn't like I love that example too, because it's like it doesn't have to be something that's like so we can just get really wrapped up in our heads of like, we have to sell something or it like, have to or be a transaction. Yeah. Or be... like, why am I even talking about this? Does anybody even care? And it's like, well, if it, yeah, if it's a story, I mean, and, it's, and if you think about it, like I've really loved working with people that when we've defined what their core values are, we have like kind of talked about, okay, so how do you talk about that? And there's always a story. So, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna be a broken record by the time like this podcast is gonna be like just it's like you what you have we're to hear something seven times yeah. yeah 
you have to hear something seven times before it actually resonates or like sinks into your brain. So it's the same concept of show, not tell. So I think it's perfectly fine when in the beginning, if you're like, hey, I did an exercise today, I dug into my core values and this is what I came out with and you can just be really direct with it. And I think that people would really like that concept because then it's like, okay, it's setting the stage, it's telling everybody what's going on. But your core values came from somewhere. They came from some type of experience or some story that you have. And that like you're making the business decisions or the marketing decisions or whatever that you're making because of like a good experience that you had or a bad experience that you had or something that you're like, I really connect with this. And so I want to connect with people who also value this thing. So it all kind of comes back to, to play like that, even if it's just like, I enjoy, I don't know, like experiencing new things. Well, a new thing can be a new restaurant. A new thing can be food. It can be a movie. It can be, I said restaurant and then food. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that like you can really start to push it really far. And then also again, like talking about confidence, this is kind of just a side note, but like there have been moments in time where I've wanted to share something and it's kind of felt off where it's like, I don't know if this makes sense for my audience. And ultimately like sometimes it does. And then sometimes when you have that gut feeling, it's because it just doesn't align with any of the core values or messaging, not in a bad way, but just in like a, this is so random or Mm -hmm. also like it could potentially like not align in the sense that like, I'm not going to share that I'm doing this thing because it like contradicts myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I think that you can figure out how to share those things. And again, this stuff is hard and it takes a lot of practice and it takes like, there's a lot of strategy behind the reason that people do things. And I am starting to learn that not everyone can recognize that as easily as I, I feel like it's like, Oh yeah, that's super obvious. Like makes total sense. And then, um, I'm now realizing that people are like, didn't think about that, thought that person was just giving me a movie recommendation. Like, it's not that deep. <laughs> and I, it's not, it doesn't have to always be that deep, but it could be. But it could be. It could be. <laughs> Everything can always be that deep. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, if there's anybody out here that's going to find some meaning in the arbitrary, it's the two of us. So, yeah. I'm like, I will go there. Yeah. <laughs> and I will force whoever is near me to go there with me. I hold think my hand. <laughs> yeah, just keep holding my hand. I think it's going to make us good website. I think it makes us good website copywriters though, because it's like, and then this thing is here. And then like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's like the minutia of it where you're, yeah. I, I don't know. What does minutia even mean? The Specifics? small details. The small details? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the Ita- like, with the Italian the, yeah. hand. <laughs> the, um, the fine details. It's like minutia. But feng like, shui, yes, the feng shui of your website, which I think is good because that's where we're looping it all the way back around. Like the wireframe comes in because when we were working on Kelsey's website, there was a section where there were like it's a there were three sections, and the concept was like I'm a photographer, but the other roles that I play are, and then like each one of the headlines had um like a theme to them, mm-hmm. and so um. I know that the average person that's going to go read that website is not going to look at that and go, oh, that's so cute. They have a theme of like whatever, whatever with this part of the website. But they'll be like, 
something about this feels good and yeah. it's because we went there because there was yeah. some there was some anything you ever experience i feel like in this life where you're like something about this space feels intentional it's because there is literally someone who is like i crafted this for you yeah it's because either they're doing it with well no they're doing it with attention either way they're either setting out to like they're like no i know this is gonna work and they're doing it or they're just like walking into the space first and being like yep it all feels good yes <laughs> well they're in, like their intention is to create a certain thing yeah. so then it's like it's impacting the decisions that they make because i do think there's like there's authors out there that intend to do things and there's some things that just happen yeah and they're like yeah i didn't mean to do that but i'm glad you saw it yeah yeah but and then I also think sometimes, I don't know. I guess I have to think about that. Because I'm also like, if you dig back into it, it's like, I feel like it came from somewhere. Yeah. I mean, if you act accordingly and you like, they there's the there's a TED Talk. I don't know who gives it. It's the person who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But she talks about the idea of like, you have to let genius in the room. It's uh. like the idea of like, the idea of someone being a genius is relatively new and that in other cultures, like you have genius. Mm. It's like something outside of you Mm. and something that can strike you. And she talks about like how there are, you know, would be dancers at ceremonies and stuff. And then like everybody around would notice that someone is like, having genius Hmm. Uh, and they're like this person had it for tonight and then they like experience it and they're tapped into the thing and then they go to bed and they wake up and they're normal again but it's okay because everybody understands that like it's not something you are it's something that just happens interesting um so she was like i don't think that it's like the whole idea of like creating creating and creativity is like going into a room and just like opening yourself up to letting something happen uh-huh. through you. Uh-huh. And then I think business strategy comes in where you're like, open yourself up, allow it to happen, free write, write the manifesto, and then you can go back and look at it and then figure out all of the like invisible strings and how everything's connected. Yeah, exactly. Because you can look at it, you can look at it at a macro level. Right. And then, oh, okay, I see what it looks like now. And then be like, oh, yes, everything was driven by this. Yeah. Yeah. If you act in accordance to yourself, it makes sense. Yeah. Because wow. especially if you're at the center of it. Right. Okay. So we went. <laughs> we went there. Yeah. We were like, core values. This is how you market your business on Instagram. And then the podcast ends with like, and then this is how everything in your life always has some type of meaning. <laughs> I told you. I will go there. And I, I probably- will force you to come with me. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I think that that's good for this combo. I'm just like, yeah, I, I need to like intention drives behavior, put it up on my wall. That's going to be the manifesto for the rest of this year, which is ironic that it, because my word for the year is push. So I'm like, if you're pushing in the right direction, you got to have intention, got to have all the things. It's all connected very serendipitously. So yeah, if you guys have questions about this or you're like, I kind of, think that I can take this conversation or and like drive it myself but I don't know you know I need someone to kind of help me break apart my thoughts or like help me go one step deeper that's clearly what we love doing I like 
the why. Why Let's do you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know why you're, what makes you a human? Who are you and why? Okay, cool. And if you have any other suggestions, like I said, always, I am always open to them. And then we will see you guys next week. Sweet. All right. Bye. Bye.